Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord Jesus said this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And by the way, the gospel has now gone literally to the ends of the earth. Uh, I've actually been honored to preach in Christ Church, New Zealand, the furthest geographical point from Jerusalem in the world. And so, I, yeah, I just flew over there. I grabbed a sign. I just started walking the streets. No, I didn't. I was invited by a church. <laughs> I got to cut that joke out of this sermon. I can already tell it's bad. But, but the gospel's literally going to the ends of the earth. And it's amazing how the gospel has traveled from Jesus speaking to um, 11 disciples at this point to now 2.2 billion believers around the world. The gospel is going forth. The kingdom of God is expanding. Amen. So he said that he said that when the spirit of God comes upon you, though, you will receive power. Now he's going to we're going to read now the story of when the spirit of God came upon the disciples. This is now Acts chapter two, verse one. This is roughly 10 days later. Um, excuse me, uh, 40 days later. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is, now the, this is now the fulfillment of what Jesus just said. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I want to talk today about this encounter that the disciples have with the Holy Spirit. It's a It's an encounter that you can have with the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter you can have with the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter that every believer can have with the Holy Spirit. And it is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about that. So I want to preach from this subject. You need this. You need this. Look at your neighbor and uh, tell them that. Tell them you need this. You need this. If they seem especially grumpy, tell them again. You really... You really need this. You need this. Father, I pray you bless your word now. As we come before your word, I pray that you would speak to us so clearly. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, brother. So again, we, I can't go into uh, review from last week because I got too much new stuff to say. So uh, please, if you missed last week, go and listen to that on, on our podcast channel or YouTube channel. But I just want to remind you of Acts chapter 19 that the... The Bible said that the Apostle Paul asked a group of believers in Acts 19, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, we never even heard of a Holy Spirit. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And I really feel like that is where so much of the church in America is. It's like, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, or I've heard of the Holy Trinity, or I've heard of in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I really don't know who the Holy Spirit is, or what the Holy Spirit is, or or what the Holy Spirit does, or or whatever. And so uh, this is where I find so much of the church today. But I just want to remind you again that you need the Holy Spirit. I want to even tell you, you may not know it, but you want the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you today that if if you feel like there's something missing from your walk with Jesus, 
You're missing the Holy Spirit. You are, you are missing that relationship. The Apostle Paul called it communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I talked about this last week, but what Jesus was to the 12 disciples, the Holy Spirit is now to the church. What, where Jesus could only be with a limited group of people because he was limited to a physical body, now the Spirit of God has been poured out on the earth. He's been poured out upon believers. And now everywhere that there is a Christian, there is the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit of God is covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. It is better for us that Jesus ascended to the throne so that we could have the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm just giving you a little bit of review. And now there is this experience that believers can have. Now watch this. After salvation, where you can have an encounter with the Spirit of God. And let me just say this. It doesn't end with one. But it is this beginning experience with the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say just in the same way that you're water baptized, you get water baptized initially, but that initial baptism is the sign, is the statement that you are now a disciple of Christ. In the same way you have that initial baptism of the Holy Spirit that is a sign and a wonder that you are now empowered by the Spirit of God and never the same again. So let me just give you a few things that the Holy Spirit does right here from Acts chapter 2. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit, He gathers us. The Holy Spirit gathers us. They were in one accord in one place. They were in one accord in one place. I want you to notice that Jesus called them together He did not call them to separate. See, in John chapter 20, when the disciples placed their faith in Jesus, they see the resurrected Messiah. This is Easter Sunday night. Jesus walks into a room where the disciples are hiding. They place their faith in Christ. They see the resurrected Christ. They place their faith in him. Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. This is their salvation moment. This is their This is their transformation moment. This is the moment that they become a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is their their moment of faith. This is their moment where, yes, they were walking with Christ, but now they believe that he is who he said he was for the last three and a half years. They finally believe. Doubting Thomas finally goes, my Lord and my God. I mean, they they finally have the moment. They they, they touch his his hands and they touch his side and they go, oh my gosh, you are who who you said you weren't at that moment they receive the holy spirit jesus breathes on them says to receive the holy spirit but now notice this he does not say all right guys you're new creations you have the holy spirit you do you go change the world he doesn't do that you know what he does he calls them to a place he says do not leave jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. Time out. The Holy Spirit just. This is a second experience. And he says, don't separate, gather. Because the Spirit of God will always call believers together. The Spirit of God will always bring unity. This is how you know a person is missing it when they talk about the Holy Spirit. Because it leads them to individualism. It leads them to being alone. It, it leads them 
to being isolated. The Spirit of God will never isolate you. He will always gather you. So you always know that people have a wrong idea about the Holy Spirit when they're isolated, and they have a wrong idea about the Scripture when they're they're constantly using the Scripture to beat people up. You, You know that they're missing it because the Word of God and the Spirit of God are always bringing us together, not apart. So he says, okay, you, you have the Holy Spirit now. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now gather together until you receive the Holy Spirit. Now this word church, where we get church from, is a Greek word, ekklesia. And there's a, it's basically a word picture. It's not really good to try to transliterate it word for word. It's better to understand it as a word picture. The word church is the idea of individual people leaving their homes and publicly gathering to worship. That is the best description and definition of church. So when Jesus said, I am building my church, this is what he said. He said, I am building a gathering of people that leave their homes and gather publicly to worship. Jabin, the church is not a building. It may not be a building, but it is a gathering. And if you're not gathering, you're not the church. Now, on the West Coast, we don't like this. Because on the West Coast, we like to say things like, I am the body of Christ. Listen, this is my pinky, but the moment it's cut off, it's no longer my pinky. It's icky. And we got a lot of pinkies running around the West Coast. Now, see, again, I've said this before, but in the South, you have to tell churchgoers that they're not saved. Well, my daddy went to church, and my granddaddy went to church, and my great-great-daddy started this church. We built this church. Bless God. Praise God. That's my sheep. Praise God. Glory to God. You're not a Christian yet. Because just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. But on the flip side, on the West Coast, you got to tell Christians, hey, you got to go to church. you got to be known. you got to be loved. you gotta, you gotta, you got to serve somewhere. you got to be connected to somebody. you gotta, you got to have somebody you're accountable to. And so it's, it's kind of two different issues. But I want to I tell you that when, when the Spirit of God was poured out, Jesus did not call them to separate. He called them to gather because the Holy Spirit will always gather us. Can I get an amen, everybody? Come on, we are so much better together. We can do so much more together. We can see so much more together. And we will grow up so much faster together. The Holy Spirit gathers us. Number two, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Bible said in verse 3 and 4 that the Spirit of God rested on them. The Spirit of God came upon them. This was tangible. This was experiential. This was physical. Let me just say this. The Bible said they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. They didn't, weren't the only ones who heard it. The Bible said that people from all around went towards the house because they heard a sound. Wow. So when the Spirit of God comes upon you, notice it was something that was seen. It was something that was heard. Well, I receive the Holy Spirit by faith. No, when the Spirit of God is poured out on you, you can see it and hear it. There's, there's manifestation. There is something that people see and hear. Now, I'm going to submit in two weeks that what you see and hear is the gift of speaking in tongues, but not today, so everyone chill. Y'all like that I'm keeping it chill for you two weeks in a row? I'm not sp- talking about speaking in tongues because some of you are so nervous, so we're going to keep moving. 
But I want you to notice that when the Spirit of God was poured out, they didn't by faith see tongues of fire. They saw it. They didn't, they didn't by faith go, there's a wind blowing in the room. No, they heard it. When the Spirit of God is poured out, it is experiential. It is tangible. It is physical. Listen, in the book of Acts, there are seven different descriptions for the same experience. People are baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on people. The Holy Spirit came upon people. The Holy Spirit rested upon people. People received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on people. Seven different beautiful expressions for the same experience. So in in 28 chapters of the book of Acts, you see these seven different expressions, but they all mean the same thing. People were baptized, people were filled, the Spirit of God fell upon, the Spirit of God came upon, rested upon, people received, the Spirit of God was poured out upon. Now, Now again, I want you to see this. In John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on the disciples and they're filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 2, we just read it, they're filled with the Spirit. Hey, hey, get this, Acts chapter 4, they start receiving persecution, they start praying. Guess what happens? They get filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that Peter starts preaching, the Spirit of God falls, and Peter goes, they're getting filled with the Spirit, just like we got filled with the Spirit. It's it's happening again. What, What am I saying? I'm saying that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that we should experience over and over and over again. And I want you to catch this because a lot of you say, well, Javen, when I got saved, I got the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I'm not doubting that. But according to Jesus, you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. According to Jesus, you need another anointing from the Holy Spirit. You need to receive more of the Holy Spirit. Now imagine, because this is what we do in today's world. You start hearing teaching like this, and depending on your background, you go, I already have the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. Imagine if the disciples would have told that to Jesus. Hey, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. Actually, Jesus, you already breathed on us. So theologically, we already have the Spirit of God. And so we don't need any, we don't need a second blessing from the Spirit of God because we've already, imagine arguing with Jesus theologically, but we do it today. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to make people who have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit feel like less. You're not less than. But I am saying that there is more for you to experience from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says it like this. Don't be drunk with wine. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to lead to debauchery. It's going it's to ruin everything. It's going to mess you up. Don't don't get drunk with wine. Instead, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled. Now, if you've ever drank alcohol, you know that just because you drank once doesn't mean you're drunk forever. Can I get an amen, everybody? Just because you ate once doesn't mean you're never going to be hungry again. You have to continue. Come on, isn't that right? If you've ever drank water, just because you drank water once doesn't mean you never need to drink water again. In the same way, just because when you were 15 years old, you went to some youth camp and somebody prayed for you and you spoke in tongues does not mean that you never need to be touched by the Holy Spirit again. Just because the first time you walked into City Light Church a year ago, you walked in and started crying, oh my God, the presence of the Lord is here. That's awesome, man. I feel like God touched me. Awesome. When's the last time the presence of the Lord touched you? Come on. You can have another drink. You can have another experience. So we're not, we're not, I just want you to understand that what God's will is, is not just one 
like Pentecostal experience, what God's will is, is that we would walk in the Spirit, walk with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. Now, as I say this, some of you go, but Jabin, I'm a little freaked out when you talk about the Holy Spirit. I, I was watching Christian TV and it got weird quick. Guys were throwing clothes on people, blowing on people, pushing people. They were calling it the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I. I don't know if I like all that. Jabin, you, you started talking about the Holy Spirit, so I went on YouTube and typed in the Holy Spirit. Oh my Lord, Jesus, Jabin, I went down a dark YouTube wormhole for four hours, and it, it got weirder and weirder. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. This is why I don't even, someone wrote me recently, was like, are you a Pentecostal church? Are you a charismatic church? Are you a word of faith church? Are you, and he was trying to like give me a line that I could, and I was like, yeah. Because all those come with such baggage. I don't like them. I don't like any of those terms. I don't, because when you think charismatic, you might think of, well, anyway, and if you think Pentecostal, you might think, oh, man, think word of faith, you might think, listen, all I know is that I read the book of Acts, and I know that what happened in the book of Acts can still happen today, should still happen today, and we should still experience today. That's what I know. So, so don't let something weird you saw in the name of the Holy Spirit deter you from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In the same way that you could, you could walk down to the strip tonight and see some angry preacher with a sign. Repent. You're going to hell in the name of Jesus. Well, that's not Jesus. So you just look at that and you go, oh, help him, Lord. And in the same way, if you see some excess with the Holy Spirit, don't let that deter you from the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say one more thing, though. There are times that as the Spirit of God begins to move, you, you may respond with tears. You may respond with laughing. You may respond with shouting. You may, you, you may be so overcome, you, you can't even stand. You know, when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, there was a group that said, wow, they're praising God. There was another group that said, they're drunk. Well, I don't, I'm not going to build a theology around that, so relax. But I will say this. We, we are not trying to force any expression of the move of the Holy Spirit. We just want the person of the Holy Spirit. Is that good? Is that, is that all right? But I want the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes upon us. Now, this is what John said in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, the context of this is John is baptizing in water. And he goes, but there is, there is coming someone after me, Jesus. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, now listen, at salvation, you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And in that moment, you repent of your sin, you turn to God, you have faith in God. And here's what Ephesians says. It says in that moment, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians says you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans says, now the Spirit of God lives in you and calls out, Abba, Father. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
this is awesome. This is all you need to go to heaven. I receive Jesus and the Spirit of God is poured out in my heart. The love of God poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5 says, but now you, you could stop right there. But I want you to think now about baptism. Can we see that scripture one more time? Because the Bible said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Think about water baptism. Someone embraces you. And someone immerses you in water. Right? And in that moment, that water comes upon you. In that moment, you, you are saturated in the water. In that, in that moment, that water covers you. In the same way... You could stay here, or you could allow Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And now you're not just filled with the Spirit. Now the Spirit of God isn't just inside of you, but the Spirit of God is on, on you. And I don't know about you, uh, but I'm saved, but my flesh doesn't always know it's saved. I'm going to heaven, but my flesh sometimes forgets it's a Christian. <laughs> It'd be like that, somebody said. So you know what I need? I need the Spirit of God to come upon my flesh. I need the Spirit of God to come upon my soul. I need the Spirit of God to come upon me so that I'm walking in the, I'm walking in the Spirit. Think about this terminology. I'm walking in the Spirit. This happens when the Lord Jesus Christ baptizes me with the Holy Spirit. Now, you get to decide, but I want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Number three, the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit, he empowers us. Jesus said, you will receive power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This word power is a Greek word called dunamis, and it literally means miracle working power. You'll remember in Acts chapter 19, the Bible said that God did unusual miracles through the hands of Paul. That word miracle there is the word dunamis. God did unusual dunamis through the hands of Paul. He did unusual miracle working power through the hands of Paul. Jesus is promising his disciples power. Power over sin. Power to be a witness. Power to live for God. Power over any powers of the enemy, Jesus is offering, offering us dunamis power. This word dunamis is where we get dynamic or even dynamite. It's explosive power that when you need strength, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. He will empower you. He will embolden you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Frankly, you can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will receive power. But we have these weird teachings like God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah, right. He actually purposely gives you more than you can handle so that you won't handle it. So that the Holy Spirit will handle it. He actually purposely gives you more. You can't fulfill your dream. You can't lead your family. You can't run your business. You can't do all that's in your heart. You can't fulfill the dream that God put in your spirit by yourself. Brother, God won't give you more. No, no, no. He will give you more so that you go, God, I can't do it. Perfect. Perfect. I'm so glad you're finally admitting you can do it. I can do it. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Come on, everybody. Say amen. God never intended us to live this life alone. Think about it. From the Garden of Eden where he walked with us to the tabernacle where the Spirit of God would descend upon the tabernacle to the church where God would fill us to eternity where God will dwell with us in heaven. God never wanted this to be something where he's over there and we're over here. It was always God with us. It was always God in us. It was always God upon us. It was always God walking with us. This was never meant for us to be on a journey to God. It was us being on a journey with God. God wants to dwell with his people, empower his people, fight for his people, show himself strong to his people. This happens by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just think about Peter really quickly. Just a few days before the death of Jesus, actually the Thursday night before Good Friday, a little girl walks up to Peter and goes, are you a follower of Jesus? No. Are you sure? Yeah. For real? Yeah. And he lies to her three times. Think about this. Just a few days later, 50 days later, Peter receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now instead of denying Jesus three times, he preaches to a crowd of thousands and 3,000 get saved. From, from a man that would look at Jesus in Matthew 16 and go, you, you can't go to the cross. He can't happen. You can't do it. No way, no way. And Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. To now preaching the cross and preaching the resurrection. By the way, Peter was already a disciple and Jesus called him Satan. Have you ever met that Christian before? Yeah, yeah. Jesus goes, get, get behind me, Satan. Your thinking is like the world. You're a Christian, but you think like the world. You're a Christian, but you're influenced by the spirit of the world. You're a Christian, but you're not influenced by the Holy Spirit. You're influenced by a demonic spirit. And maybe you find yourself here today going, I'm a Christian, but I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's in charge. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember in the book of Acts chapter 1, we'll go back to it now, verse 6, the disciples say, Lord, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. Are we getting out of here? Are you going to overthrow Rome? Is this where the Messiah is going to come and destroy all of his enemies? They were obsessed, watch me, they were obsessed with the end times. They were obsessed with this thing coming to an end. They were obsessed with when does this all end? When can we get out of here? Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. Stop worrying about all that. That only the Father knows that. So stop it. And by the way, please stop listening to preachers that are predicting things that only the Father knows. Just please stop. Stop it. Stop it. Because you're, you're screwing up your faith. You're messing up your mind. Pastor, did you hear what this guy said? Did you hear? They've all been wrong. Not just the, in this season. They've been wrong for over 2,000 years. Stop it. Only the Father knows. So just cut it out. But here's the response. Not just to stop. Here's the response. Verse 8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're trying to get out of here. And Jesus says, but the Holy Spirit's trying to get in here. You're trying to leave the earth. The Spirit of God's trying to transform the earth. 
And while the church is obsessed with leaving and the church is obsessed with anything they can find in the news that would somehow prove their eschatology, Jesus is still committed to sending the Holy Spirit to the church to fill the church, to empower the church so that the church can change. And y'all aren't clapping because y'all were watching your end times movie last night or something. But listen, it ain't going to happen like that. The Spirit of God is going to fill the church and the church is going to transform cities and nations and states and regions. So stop praying to get out of here and stop buying dehydrated food and living in a bunker and let the Spirit of God come upon you so we can transform our city. And if you send me another video that you think you know the Antichrist is, I'm going to puke. Because we're, we're all obsessed just like the disciples. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have hope. So you're constantly trying to leave. But if the Spirit of God will come upon you, He said you'll receive dreams and visions. So now you're not obsessed about leaving. You're obsessed about occupying. You're obsessed about changing future generations. You're obsessed about changing the world. You're obsessed about seeing your kids filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to see it different. These great cathedrals that were built in Europe, they would take 400, 500, 600 years to build. They would literally plant forests around the cathedrals as they were built because they knew the next generation was going to need wood to continue the build. And while we're praying to get out of here, trying to find the next thing from the newspaper that tries to align with the book of Revelation... We should be building for the next generation. Well, praise God, Becky. Thank you for saying amen. I hope this makes... I'm not trying to offend your eschatology. You're like, I'm getting raptured tomorrow. That's what they told me. And you're going to miss it, Pastor. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't don't believe in the rapture. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if you're not filled with the Spirit... You will be obsessed about leaving. But if you will be filled with the Spirit, you'll be obsessed about doing whatever God has called you to do right here, right now. I don't want to get raptured. I'm just telling you. I want to live a long life, and I want to sow as much of the gospel as I can into this world before I leave. Don't be offended that I said that. I'm not saying I want to miss it. I'm saying... I'm saying that's not what I'm obsessed about. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see our city transformed. I want to see thousands and thousands and thousands more people come to Christ in our city. I want to see more churches built and more. I want to see more facilities built for the glory of God. I want to leave Vegas better than I, than I got here. So I'm not trying to figure out ways to leave. I'm trying to figure out ways for the Spirit of God to invade. The Holy Spirit will empower you. Let me have the keys come up. Play me out of here. Give me some Grammy music. Play me off the stage. I'm going to preach all day. I hope I didn't offend you. I hope I actually did a little bit. Just a little bit. Because we got got to stop thinking that way. And we got to start thinking about how the Holy Spirit can empower us. Okay, so... All right, Javen, so I receive the Holy Spirit. I start speaking in tongues. What do I do? What's next? We're going to talk about speaking in tongues on the 27th, okay? 
I'm going to do a full teaching on it. And it will, be a, it will be no pressure. It'll be a teaching. So relax. Don't plan your vacation around the 27th. <laughs> You're like, we're going to be in California. We're going to be in Utah. Just popped up. I want you to be here. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be. Here's, here's, my, here's my homework for you. And here's your prayer this week. So last week it was come Holy Spirit. Last week it was Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Last week it was Holy Spirit, lead me. Here's the prayer this week. It's from Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Can I have more of that piano, please? So I feel more spiritual. <laughs> Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says this. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here's the prayer this week, and here's the prayer I'm praying. Here's the prayer I want you to pray. I want you to pray something like this. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Immerse me in the Holy Spirit. Immerse me, submerge me, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. That's all I want you to pray. And he will do that. And he will empower you and he will, his presence will come upon you and he will strengthen you and he will give you vision. He will give you ideas. He will, he will give you dreams. He will begin to speak to you. He will begin to illuminate the word of God to you. He'll begin to give you strategy about your family and about your business and about your future. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have to lead to anything more than that. Just ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So let's do this. I want you to stand your feet and we're going to pray a prayer just to receive the Holy Spirit. And first of all, if there are people in the room, people online, you've never given your life to Christ or you've never, uh, you've been far from God, I want you to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray it out loud and then I'm going to lead you in a second prayer. So everyone together, pray this out loud. I want the whole church to pray. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose again. Today, I give you my life. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Now, I want the whole room and online, wherever you're watching from, I just want you to put your hands out in front of you to receive. Now, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I pray that you would baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, I pray that this week you would just immerse your people, saturate your people, strengthen your people with the power, the person, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be so near this week. I pray that your power would be felt when there is temptation, when there is questions, when there is decisions to be made. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead and guide. I pray for power to be a witness and power to reach out, a power to pray for somebody, power to encourage somebody this week. Power to be a father, power to be a mother, power to be a friend this week. Lord, we cannot do this without you. And Lord, we don't want to do this without you. 
So fill us with the Holy Spirit, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Amen and amen. Did you get something from the Word today? Come on, let's praise God for the Word.